Would you like to strengthen your marriage, encourage your children, and grow your family relationships? Join author and international evangelist Sammy Tippett as he ignites the flame in your heart for your family. Well, welcome again. It's the heart of Sammy, and we believe the heart of the Lord to uh, just extend right here from San Antonio, Texas, to wherever you may be around the world, a greeting in the name of the Lord Jesus, and to be able to say to you, we are we are excited at what the Lord is doing in, in families, in marriages, with children, with grandchildren, how he is uh, he's just extending his his reach of love and his his embrace of tenderness uh, to our hearts, enabling us to to be the be the parents that he wants us to be and to grow in the the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus. We are David and Shirley Walker here in San Antonio, and our guest for the broadcast again today is uh, is is Dawn Jackson and. Um, we spent some time last week talking about the matter of abortion and and how um, from a variety of of different uh, directions women and and men can find themselves in the middle of the dilemma of making that choice do we abort this baby do we kill this baby or do we choose life for for this little one? And there was just um, a good bit of, of uh, amazing and helpful insight, Dawn, that you shared uh, with us and, and the ones who were listening as to what some of the consequences are uh, when an abortion has has happened, has been in the past. And uh, some amazing statistics that one out of every three women in churches mm-hmm. in America have have had an abortion. Um, and so the the consequences can can be pervasive, and and we need to get a grip on on this, so mm-hmm. so that the healing that the Lord intends uh, deep within our hearts uh, can can take place. So Shirley, let me just kind of well, ask I think it's important in. for us to know that the Word of God in Psalm one thirty nine, the Scripture says, "Before you were born in the womb, I knew you." Mm-hmm. And so this matter of yes. The child in the womb is a child, okay. uh, not just tissue. And it's important for us to understand that every, the scripture says in Psalm 127 that children are a gift from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we are taken aback. I remember with the uh, conception of our third child, it was, we were at a, Point where we just both sunk to the floor. We weren't really knowing that we were timing was correct for uh, the gift that God sent. Uh, but it is the absolute truth that children are a gift from the Lord, no matter what the the situation as far as the conception goes. Uh, that that conception is intended to be a gift from the Lord uh, into parents' lives. But I think probably not just in the United States, but around the world, there are individuals in ministry who have the choice of abortion in their background. And they've come to know Christ, and they've been enthused that they are they are known by Him and chosen to serve, but they have just kept that in the their past in the closet closed, thinking that if people knew that was part of their story, it would disqualify them from the place of ministry. You know, and, and Dawn, the, the thing, too, that, that the sin of abortion is different, let's say, than the sin of alcoholism or drug abuse. From the standpoint, those are, you know, those are sins. But it's not the taking of a life. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I, can, I think in some ways we can kind of lump 
all things together. And yes, at the cross, forgiveness was granted. Absolute accomplished for us. It, it is, but, but to really be free, to really walk in the freedom, those things have to be brought out in the light. And that's what your story mm-hmm. uh, is, is about and, and how you have been led into a ministry of helping other women walk into the same kind of freedom. No skeletons in the closet, and amazing how blue the sky is. You can hear the birds singing, and it's just different. It, it's just different. Oh, it's amazingly different. Um, I had never shared my story with anyone. My husband knew, and a select few that were involved, but other than that, nobody did. I never thought I would be sitting here with my pastor and his wife talking about this. Um, I just thought that was never going to happen. I never thought I would share with my son. We always had a wonderful relationship. But that was something that he would never know, and I would take it to my grave. But I have shared it with him. And there has been an amazing openness that has occurred in our relationship by coming forward Mm -hmm. with the truth because even though he's a grown man now you know children so many times look at their parents and think you don't understand you have no clue Mm -hmm. you didn't and then we don't really want them to know what we were like but when we do share ourselves with them Mm -hmm. i just think it just um brings an openness into that relationship, and it mm-hmm. encourages them to be open with us. Mm-hmm. There's so many aspects mm-hmm. that and healing that occur when you mm-hmm. do just confess it. And Satan can no longer blackmail us with that. That's right. Let's, let's start with, with a woman who, who comes to you and says, this is my past. Um, I want to... I want to walk in, in everything Jesus wants me to experience. Mm. Help me, Dawn. Mm. What, what would you, where would you start, and what's, what's the journey that you'd, you'd help her with? I would encourage her. I, I do meet with them one-on-one, but I would encourage her to, to get into a group setting. Uh, and there are similar Bible studies throughout the United States and in other countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, through church ministries or through individuals or pregnancy care centers. What are those? What are those studies called? Just in case they don't know the code, would it be a, an um, abortion? Recovery? They can even you can Google post-abortion recovery, post-abortion Bible study, just post-abortion, mm-hmm. and a lot of things will begin to pop up. Okay. There are forgiven and set free, her choice to heal, save one. There are a number mm-hmm. of different studies out mm-hmm. there. Okay. Um, but I would the reason I encourage a group setting is the women begin to share their stories with each other. And just last week I heard a woman say, This is so refreshing. This particular woman was fairly open with the fact that she had had an abortion, which is somewhat unusual. But she said, I never could talk about it. Nobody wanted to hear about it. Mm-hmm. And you have a need to really share and talk about it. And when the women begin hearing each other's stories, number one, you don't feel alone. You're not isolated anymore. And then they can just begin to relate and just help facilitate the healing process mm-hmm. with, with everyone mm-hmm. involved. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage them to get involved in a, mm-hmm. in a study. And mm-hmm. right off the bat in our study, 
um, we begin with the character of God because we have to find out who is he. He, because he's the source of our healing. It, it's not me as a facilitator or anyone else. It is Jesus. He is the one who heals. And so uh, I had been involved in many studies prior to this. And I never thought about um, applying that to my abortion mm-hmm. or to that sin. Because, you know, I didn't think about it and I didn't talk about it. So uh, but when you begin to, to think in terms of, you know what, he was right there with us. And we, we have to take them through that process. He was with us in the abortion facility. How does that make you feel? Uh, some women, it's scaresome. You know, it is scary because he's a holy God and he hates sin. But it also shows the loving compassion of our Lord, too, and the mercy, the tender mercies of him. And so we, we begin taking them through who is he? Because a lot of women, a lot of men have a distorted view of, of who is God. He's either a sheriff that wants to zap him every chance he gets, or he's someone that is only there, what we call a butler, to just serve them. How can I make you happy? What can I do? And there's a number of other aspects. So we just take them through that to show them the correct big biblical view of who God is. Because we have to get there first because he is the source of, of our comfort and our strength and our healing. And... Um, so we take them through that process, and then we go in, we deal with anger. Um, a lot of women and men are angry. They're angry, and they don't even know they're angry. Yeah. And it's explosive. It can either be like a volcano that erupts out the top, or it can be one that has just little, what do you call those, visions, you know, how you see that, and it just kind of comes out in every area of your mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And... um Anger in itself is not a sin, because Jesus had righteous anger. But it's meant to be a visitor, not a permanent resident in our life, because when it does, that bitter root goes down and just infects us. So you would, you would, you would be able to say that if somebody listening today and, and are, are realizing that, that they can just really be angry. They Absolutely. can just be, be angry. And yet, where there's an abortion in the background, that there could be, even though it's not consciously recognized, there could be a correlation between the two. Absolutely. Mm. I've had so many women say, my my children even said, Mom, you're just angry all the time. And mm. she didn't realize it. And then, but mm. she walked around and she was just angry. Mm. And when you begin to deal with that, um, because a lot of times abortion um, is coerced on a woman, uh, by her parents or her boyfriend. Women can even be angry at the laws of the land, you know. I thought this was, since this was legal, it should be safe and it should be okay, and, and it's not. And so you, sometimes you begin to feel lied and deceived, and so that can bring about anger. Uh, there are just so many aspects. Mm-hmm. So we have to deal with those things. We have to deal with forgiveness and unforgiveness. Um, we have to learn to accept the forgiving grace of Jesus. He's He's given us a gift, but we have to take hold of that and open it and embrace it. How, how difficult is is that um, for women at at that at that point to be able to 
to really believe that that Jesus has forgiven them of of the sin of does it take you a while to be able to get to to that point that here I am standing with this sin this blood on my hands before Jesus and being and and really being able to accept that he forgives me he releases me from that sin I hear this seems like sometimes there it's easier for them to accept his forgiveness but it's harder for them to forgive themselves mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't like the use of that term, but that's what I hear from the women. I, I can't forgive myself. How could I have done, done that? that. Yeah. And what do you say to them? What, what, do you, where, where do you, what do you do with them when that seems like they're stuck there, maybe? Well, we have. I wish I brought my book because we have so many scriptures that line up with with taking you through the forgiveness aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Of this, and then we go to to David and Bathsheba mm-hmm. and to um, mm-hmm. Paul's story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just reading the other day about Manasseh. No, mm-hmm. that king literally he sacrificed his children, passed them through fire. He was a horrible king, but then he did turn around. Uh-huh. And so you saw, you see the hand of God, you see his mercies, even in what we perceive are horrible circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saul, before he became Paul, was all about persecuting Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, he there he held mm-hmm. the cloak of Stephen as they were stoning him. Mm-hmm. And so, my lands, he wrote much of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. He was, and David, he was a man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. He sinned. He had Uriah killed, but um, he still pursued God. And yeah. so, when you begin to take them to Scripture and the truth of God's Word, and, and begin to show them, mm-hmm. see, not everybody in the Bible's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I know you must be, as the team that works with you, you just pray and Lord, just send your Spirit. Yes. Just Lord, pour out your Spirit. Yes. Yes. To do what these can't do, what we can't do for ourselves, and and the Lord really is able to soften a heart to be able to receive uh, the forgiveness, but also for there to be a new, you know, a new right. mind, a new way of looking, looking at it. That I and and a lot myself. of times it's it's the entire process mm-hmm. of the study before the breakthrough happens. Yeah. How many weeks does does the study typically take? It's typically ten, mm-hmm. but a lot of times with with some groups, we'll, we will increase that because we will ne- maybe need to work on an extra week of something. Mm-hmm. So we, we truly do try to, it's so important for me that this is Holy Spirit led, mm-hmm. you know, that we don't put this study in a box. We just allow him to work. There are times literally when we have the spirit, his spirit has been so heavy in the room because we always start with praise and worship. Mm-hmm. You know, you come in and you've had a hurried day and, you know, I may be angry on my way because a train has come, mm-hmm. you know, just whatever. But mm-hmm. we need to come to that place of of just sitting before the Lord and allowing him to minister to us. So we always start out with that just to, just to sit before the Lord. Mm-hmm. And there have been times when we just literally sat before the Lord for a while. Because he's working mm-hmm. when nothing's being said. Mm-hmm. So uh, we try to be very sensitive to his spirit. Yeah. yeah. 
I think that uh, just from the observation from as you were asking that question and how do you get that to, as you say so many times, drop 18 inches mm-hmm. from the head mm-hmm. to the heart. You know, Jesus has forgiven me now. I must forgive myself and, and release this. In praying for the group and observing, I think that happens just It's a different point where the light comes on at different times for the women. But one of the things that you've done in the class with the praise and worship time is that um, you have them choose a big, heavy rock when they come in. Mm -hmm. And they have to worship with that rock in their hands. Uh, They can't set it down. or That's right. (laughs) They can't lay it on the table. They can put it in their lap, but it always has to be either in their arms or on their lap because then you begin to... It's hard to concentrate sometimes on the study. It's hard, it's certainly hard to raise your arms and praise the Lord when you have this big, heavy rock. And that's what happens with us. We carry these burdens and we begin to be so used to them, we're not aware of it. And we try to show them what that is like that they really are carrying these heavy, heavy burdens that they were never meant to carry. Mm-hmm. And, um, being an observer, it's just so amazing to me to see the difference in the countenances of the women, you know, before they go through, they're just sort of like this, you know, let me fade into black so that you don't even see I exist kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just the, the joy and the freedom mm-hmm. and in the in worship and in whatever the gifting is that the Lord has placed right. within them, it just kind of can come forth in technicolor. It is just such a beautiful picture of transformation that the Lord intends for all of his children to walk in. And sometimes I think the picture of the rock is so we can think when we don't, we look around and we see joy on other faces and stuff and we think something's just wrong with me. I'll never be one of those kind of Christians. Mm -hmm. Did you, did you feel that way pre walking through this Uh, healing process? I always had a feel of impending doom. I always thought that, or and I, if anything good happened, it was okay. When is okay? When is the next shoe gonna fall mm-hmm. or rock or whatever the mm-hmm. phrase is? That um, I don't deserve anything good. So when's it gonna be taken away from me? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of women think, okay. I took the life of my child, so God's probably going to take the life of this baby I'm carrying now that I want, or my living children, mm-hmm. or my husband. Mm-hmm. So you, they live in fear a lot of times. Um, I, I did walk around like that. Uh, I was very consumed with, oh, is something going to happen to my child? I never thought that that had anything to do with my abortion. You don't think mm. about that, but it does. Mm. It has everything to do with it. Mm. And um, mm. there are so many areas. I really believed that um, I would be an outcast in the church if anyone ever found out. Mm-hmm. And you would see these people raising their hands and um, freely worshiping the Lord. And I was always very self-conscious, and I wouldn't allow myself to go to that place of truly worshiping Him, and I do now. Because, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's just mm-hmm. something that is so wonderfully freeing when you just are out there, and it's like, this is me. I think that one of the verses that Shirley uh, has, has quoted a lot 
out of First John, that if we walk in the light, yes. as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, mm. and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. That's so much a biblical expression of what we're talking about mm-hmm. here, that if we bring what is hidden into the light, right. instead of it costing us fellowship, it's going to deepen fellowship. I, you know, I, mm. I try to say to folks as we're, you know, whether it's marriage counseling or issues between friends, um, the the very things that we can think will just will totally shut us off from someone we really care about uh, by divulging this information or what our what what we were thinking, what our heart was. That it's it's that that the Lord will really use to deepen. The relationship, and part of it, is because in the kingdom of God, there's there, when when I repent, genuinely repent, there's mercy that rises mm-hmm. up in Shirley that she may not have even know that she had, or vice versa. That's right. That that it just the 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 Jesus in her, and the Jesus in me, He's going to respond to the Jesus in me. If I'm if I repent, then she's going to respond with with mercy. It, it doesn't mean that. That everything automatically is is roses, but but we're blessed, and I, I think surprised, but but blessed by the response that that will happen. And when when um, when you and and Linda Bales on that on that Sunday some time back uh, gave your testimony, we videoed the the your stories and edited it to uh, a few minutes. But it was so interesting that that we we had spent a good bit of time trying to get ladies to enlist in a post-abortion class and you know different things. Whether, but nothing really was happening until you two took that step to step into the light mm-hmm. with what had had happened before, and yet how the Lord was bringing bringing freedom, working in your lives, and it was amazing how just the power of your testimony step into the light just just broke a lot of walls down barriers down for other women to begin to to move towards mm-hmm. you um that's just the way it that's just the way it works that if if we will if we will surrender to the place of getting into the light mm-hmm. then he promises the blessings he promises fellowship at a deeper yeah. level and that we will experience the blood of Jesus cleansing us from all unrighteousness mm-hmm. I want to revisit a comment you made in the last webcast. You mentioned that after you shared your testimony about abortion and you thought because you could say that you'd had an abortion, you were fully healed. And a woman came to you and said, do you know the sex of your baby? And, and you know, you, you said that you immediately recoiled and thought that that's kind of crazy. Uh-huh. And I think people listening could think, well, what? I mean, that sounds a little creepy. Like, sure. <laughs> sure, because you would think, okay, you even, because as a post-abortive woman, you think, well, number one, I I took the life of the child, so how could I grieve and mourn that which I sought out to destroy, mm. um, when in fact, that is a necessary, mm. very necessary part. You. Now tell us, talk us through that. That now, what are we? We're talking about uh, if you know the sex of the of the child, mm-hmm. and then 
to name the child? Mm-hmm. What, what t- kind of well, walk? Well, you know, if a woman has a miscarriage or a stillbirth, she is grieving. Mm-hmm. And you've lost a child. It's just a tiny little child. Mm-hmm. And so the woman who's had an abortion, when she goes through a lot of these steps, one of the last steps is grieving and mourning the loss of that child. And you truly have to um, come to the place of recognizing that was my child. Mm-hmm. And you would grieve and mourn the loss of mm-hmm. any of your children, your mm-hmm. living children. So why would you think you shouldn't grieve and mourn the loss of this child? Mm-hmm. Because the Lord's already brought you through a, a several steps mm-hmm. getting to that place. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't necessarily seek out and say, Lord, what was the sex of my baby? I was sitting in my den one day and all of a sudden... I just knew that I had a little girl and I knew that her name was Annie Elizabeth and I began to weep and sob. And I mean, it was like my heart had been torn out and it's still, um, it's not a searing pain anymore for me because I have been able to mourn her and grieve, but it's just like, I'll miss my dad forever. He's with Jesus now, but you know, I'll miss him. And so, um, they have to come to that place of truly accepting that they had a life that was lost. And so we take them through a memorial service where they can, they they need to know, because you hear this, where is my baby now? Where mm-hmm. is my baby? Because they may have gruesome pictures and memories. Mm-hmm. Well, your baby is with Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's where your baby is, mm-hmm. with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so you, you take them to the arms of the Father where their child is and that you will be reunited mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And so you literally, we literally have a memorial service and you have officiated many, many of those. Mm-hmm. And there is something so healing for the woman. And it's also a way to, you know, when someone we love passes on, we have a funeral or a memorial service with those who love us and with our pastor. Mm-hmm. And when we do that for these women, it is acknowledging, you know, what we understand that you have. Sometimes we think that we're monsters or that we think people mm-hmm. think we're monsters mm-hmm. because we did this. And so it's it's an acceptance for the women. And it's also showing, you know what, we acknowledge your pain and this child and let's Let's love on you and walk along. Mm. That's why I think it's really important for the family and friends and the pastors Mm. to get involved in this. Those memorial services for me have been such a profound thing to be able to share in the grieving, uh, you know, just at different points, but just the the cost of sin. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, the, uh, I think that it's Mm -hmm. in one of the, the letters to Corinth that Paul said, you know, that there was the sin and that it needed to be, that they needed to mourn it mm-hmm. and not just the person that did it, but mm-hmm. they needed to. And, and in the mourning of those choices for those women, there's just a grieving that goes on in my heart in a uh, <clears throat> soberness of, oh, Lord, keep me from sin, how easily we are deceived. And, you know, maybe it's not the temptation for the sin of abortion, but I see the consequences Mm. that the sin has had on this life. And there are consequences to my sin, you know. And so it's Mm. just one, not directly involved, but just there. Uh, It's been one of the strongest things, I think, 
in a corporate setting that I have experienced as a believer to realize that our sin affects not just our lives, but others' lives as too. But then, uh, so to that part of the grieving process, you know, when the, the, the you allow each of the, these women to get up and say whatever they would like to say. Sure. And, uh, they're so courageous, you mm-hmm. know, to be able to stand mm-hmm. up and mm-hmm. say, this was the choice I made. And it wasn't just a choice, you know, that, that I've put a name and a face. And I, as a mother, I, I caused the death of my child. Just tremendous grieving for them, for um, what they have carried. But then the compassion, you know, just the tremendous mm-hmm. compassion that, that comes to wrap our arms around that life and say, mm-hmm. you know, just as Jesus, um, he, he has forgiven you and we forgive you. Mm-hmm. And the reminder for me as part of that that corporate situation to realize that just as the Lord has forgiven them, mm. He has forgiven mm. me. You know, it it mm. it is a real um, picture, I believe, of what the body of Christ is supposed to be about. Oh, I think the word courage yeah. is is really what rises in my heart mm. too. Even before you said that, it's just as I think back over these memorial services, um, I I am I am just struck by the resolve of the women to press on through. Lord, I, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Mm. You know, as Jacob wrestled with God mm. and the schemer, the conniver, the mess that he would get himself into. But on that night when the Lord came to him and and, and his name was changed from that point, right. from Jacob to Israel, the one who wrestled with God and with men and prevailed. And I, uh, you 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 sense some of that with with mm-hmm. the with these ladies and uh, determined to step into the light, but determined to walk through the process of allowing the Spirit to do His work of convincing them that they are forgiven and therefore they should release themselves mm-hmm. since God's forgiven them. They should release themselves, and then as they step up on those in those services, and they will come. Uh, as they're given uh, opportunity to, and they feel a freedom to, to step up with, with these little shoes. Yeah. These little, they bring these little. If it's a little boy, they bring little blue shoes. Little girl, little pink shoes, and they'll bring those and and put them on the spot. And then, um, but I, I think the reading of the the notes of tribute, the words of tribute to. And speaking, some of mm-hmm. them just extemporaneously, but a lot of them they're they're reading it. Yes. And and I'm telling you, you just feel like you're. It's a moment of history mm-hmm. um, that they've stepped back into the past, but are determined by the grace of God. What happened in the past will not haunt me for the rest of the days of my life. I will not be a prisoner. I, there will be nothing in this that Satan can use to cripple me, restrict me in the days to come. I, it is just it, it's one of the most it's one of the most Holy Spirit saturated times that, that I've ever been been a part of. Um, and, and you you know when you realize it is about the issue of a death, mm-hmm. it, it's that's why it's so it should be so sober. But then the great mercy of God to be able to to convince that not even the taking the life of an innocent one mm-hmm. is enough to separate me from you. I, I love you. Dawn, this has just mm-hmm. been such. Go ahead. You want to say well, something? Well, I just, I know that in uh, across yeah. the, the world, 
this isn't just a, a yeah. issue in the United States. It's sure. epidemic across the world, mm-hmm. and uh, that that. When we talk about when Jesus said the fields are wide into harvest, mm. this is a, a harvest field yes. that uh, in some ways that we have as believers, we've really not known how to get in that harvest field. And I think that there are a lot of uh, actual leaders that God has called forth, mm. uh, men and women right now trying to minister someplace and it's so hard and this is in your past and you've just thought mm-hmm. that disqualifies me from really being effective. Mm-hmm. That may really be the the part of your story mm-hmm. that will open up because um, mm-hmm. in many ways, Donna made the, the statement, you know, we used to have as part of a tag for introduction for the ministry, are you hurting from abortion? Most people who've been through abortion, they've so numbed themselves, they don't realize, they don't connect the dots to where they are right now back to that abortion. But uh, there, there is right. such ramification that comes from that particular sin and a need to minister. Uh, Don, you uh, have a website that people, if they yes. were watching, they could contact you and it would be very confidential. Yes, strictly confidential. Um, it's forgivenandsetfree.com or .org. Mm, and okay. uh, they can. It tells about the ministry. Uh, there are test my testimonies on there, as well as um, Linda Bales, who co-facilitates with me. And there are some words on there from women who've come out of our study. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you can click on uh, contact us, and it will all be confidential. Mm, that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's great. Well, I, we pray that you have been been blessed and and um, encouraged. And it may, it may be that. Someone has has been listening, and and this this is just really probing you. This, um, you know, but Lord, could you be could you be talking to me? Is this is this something that I need to that I need to be willing to come into the light uh, about? Uh, don't don't be afraid to do what the Spirit is prompting you in your heart to do. It may be scary uh, initially, but the Lord is a good shepherd. And he wants to restore your soul. Right. And that's so much of what that's this is right. about. That's right. And we just, we bless. I think we need to pray. Uh, Dawn, could, mm. would you, would you sure. offer a prayer for mm. those who would be listening? Mm. Mm. Father, I just, um, I thank you for this time to share, Lord, what you've done in, in my life and the lives of other women. And Lord, I know there are women out there and men listening to this thinking, I cannot do that. Lord, I, I just pray that you would touch them and, and give them the, the necessary nudge and push to, to take that step into freedom mm-hmm. and into the light. Because I know it is not your desire for any of us to, to live in secrecy and shame, Lord. Mm-hmm. And you can't use us when we do that. And so, Father, I just, I just pray that you would just take their hand and gently guide them into the light, Lord, of your loving Savior. Lord, I pray that you would open up ministries throughout the world to literally minister to these hurting souls who have chosen abortion, Lord. Father, I pray that that you would just literally just um, open up and pour out your Spirit on those individuals, Lord, that are hurting. Even there may be those contemplating abortion that are watching this. 
Lord, I pray that they would realize that 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 is a child and that you will see them through anything. Nothing is too hard for you, Lord. I I just pray for comfort and peace, Lord, over these individuals watching this. I, I just... I thank you, Lord, for the privilege to sit here and and do your will and your work. And mm-hmm. mm. Amen. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, bless you again for being with us today. We will look forward to seeing you next time right here. God bless you. We hope you've been encouraged. If you'd like to hear more, visit sammytippett.org. There you'll hear podcasts, watch daily devotionals, and obtain books by Sammy that will ignite your faith your love of family, and a passion to reach others.